0: hello and welcome to the resetting homo sapiens podcast a show dedicated to resetting our species one button at a time my name is carlotta getch and today i'm having a chat with marguerite Jolie. maggie is an university exchange student who when she was only 17 years old started an organization called sans Sansori. sans in English, without hair, a hundred smiles, to support fellow homo sapiens on their journey of dealing with alopecia areata. Together, we explore Maggie's experience of dealing with this condition, as well as her journey of starting this organization.
1: We just want to be hugged and loved and we just want someone to tell us, it's gonna be okay, I'm here for you. And yeah, just be loving
0: my name is Carlotta Gedge, and this is the Resetting Homo Sapiens podcast. Welcome, Marguerite. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here on the Resetting Homo Sapiens podcast. I guess the first question I have for you is, were health, well-being, and happiness always a priority in your life? Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Well, first, thank you very much for welcoming me here.
1: I guess happiness was always a priority, even Mm. though I was struggling to actually feel happy when I was younger. Why? Uh, Because, because, uh, you know, I've not always have the best friends. Mm. uh, And also I was really struggling with self-confidence and yeah, having a lot of dark thoughts and a lot of struggles. So yeah, sometimes I had to struggle feeling happy and being like, okay, I'm happy with my life. But if I'm being completely honest, uh, health and happy and well-being. Sorry, um, I mean these two. They were not a priority for me. Uh, I let my health down so many times. I made a lot, a lot of mistakes for that. I struggle sometimes with food, thinking that you know, if I stopped eating or if I ate a certain way, I would be skinnier and thus you know more attractive mm-hmm. to men and so my whole like yeah when I was younger I mean I'm really, I'm still pretty young but you know like younger yeah. um, I was really dependent on what men mm-hmm. or like my friends were thinking about me and about how I looked so I would put my health and my well-being on hold just to correspond to like the standards that were in place.
0: Mm -hmm. And I know because you told me that you have this very extraordinary event that had some consequences. So I don't, I want you to tell that story and under the light of this question of how that shifted your journey of well-being and happiness.
1: So what happened uh, was that basically four years ago, I was, uh, I was 16 So I almost drowned with my whole family in Sicily, which was really hard. Um, We, yeah, we almost died. Uh, It was really traumatic and I'm still traumatized by this event now, even though now I can go to the sea, but Mm. you know, the waves are not my best friends anymore. And after that, three months later, I lost my hair due to uh, this event. So I lost my hair and my hairs uh, in a month approximately and so I kind of lost the whole identity that I built Mm. um because I was you know the basic teenager trying to like fit in and I mean I knew that I didn't fit in and I was trying so hard Mm. to be you know the pretty girl and the smartest and the funniest and stuff like that and when I lost my hair I lost everything because basically like it's it can be a detail but at some point I couldn't look myself in the mirror because I didn't see myself it was I I was seeing like this weird person kind of a monster for me and so I asked my family to hide all the mirror which they did and we have a lot of mirror a lot of mirrors uh in this apartment so it was kind of a struggle but we Mm. did it and for a month after that I wouldn't look myself in a mirror once and it was really hard for me to accept that I wasn't the, you know, the Marguerite that was yeah. uh, before. And that basically she died with the hair that, um, that I lost. Um, but this was a real shift because I couldn't pretend anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have like this standard look that everybody had. Mm-hmm. Like after that, everybody could notice me every time I would go in the street. I mean, even now. Every time I go in the street, people stare, people look at me, everyone just, yeah, everyone stares. Some people take pictures, Mm. videos, kids sometimes cry. Like, it's really like, it's a struggle to be in the spotlight when you don't want to. And when it is because of something you're ashamed of, I mean, at the beginning. And so I struggled a lot with um, feelings of depression Mm. And also I had a heavy treatment to um, help my hair grow back, which didn't work, obviously. So I had all of these things going on and I was... Can you,
0: for the people that are not familiar, this condition is called alopecia. Yeah,
1: it's called alopecia. So basically it's when you lose uh, chunks of hair um, due to a high period of stress Mm -hmm. or a trauma or it can be genetic.
0: And no one else in your family also had the same? No, no
1: one no one has that but uh it's like it's actually something like for like the main part of people who have alopecia it's only like some holes that you have mm-hmm. i have the most severe um form because i have nothing um but yeah um it's just i had to find myself again and i really had to um deconstruct all the beliefs that i had
0: mm-hmm.
1: and to Mm-hmm. Find myself and find my true self because I couldn't hide behind my hair, behind my looks, or, you know, hide in the crowd. So I just had to figure out who I was and who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I actually realized with all the people staring and with all the comments that I had that I couldn't leave, live in a society that was that superficial and that focused on looks mm. and standards and whenever you don't correspond to all of that you're just seen as a monster and like mm. there's so many times people just were like oh you're a monster you should go back to your house and stuff like that And I was just like oh nice nice meeting you too
0: and now how old are you now I'm 20 20 so this was at 16 yeah yeah,
1: I'm 20 I'm turning 21
0: and how has been how has it shifted and is it something that you feel like you overcome or it's not as linear and simple and it's more of a ongoing process of deconstructing like where are you now
1: um it's actually a really difficult question Mm. because I mean at the same time I would say that I grew a lot Mm. in that now I deconstructed maybe like 90% of what I thought before, but it's not linear because, you know, like during the whole year, like for example, right now, uh, we're in the beginning of December and this is the period where like four years ago, I lost my hair and I was going through the whole process. So, you know, all the memories come floating back and it's kind of you know it's a challenge to actually grow and to accept the past and not live in it you know so I would say that I made a lot of progress Mm. in that now I completely stopped not completely Mm. 99% stopped uh caring about the stares of people which Mm -hmm. were really hard back then and yeah, I would say that now I want to i I said that um three years ago. I said, you know, like I want to convert this mm-hmm. kind of negative into a positive thing. Mm-hmm. So basically, I lost something, but actually I gained way more. And this is kind of what I want to focus on right now and focus on like what did I gain and how this Actually, built me today and built a strength that I'm really proud mm-hmm. of. I mean, I'm not the strongest person on earth, but I actually have some resilience and I showed myself that I was capable of mm-hmm. overcoming some fears that I had and overcoming some struggles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: So, why don't you talk a little bit more or start talking about those gains, including starting an organization? Uh, what is the name of organization? I think you'll you have much better French than I do for sure. So, <laughs> well, uh, so my organization
1: um, is named uh, Sans Cheveux Sans Sourire. Okay, so it's basically it's a play on words in French, so it, it basically means without hair, a hundred smiles. Miles. So, when did
0: you start that?
1: I started it in May two thousand and eighteen. Okay, so more or less six months after I lose my I lost my hair. Um this organization, um where do I start?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well first I I kind of have to explain why I created it because it was a bit selfish. Okay. <laughs>
0: um
1: so basically for the first month of my alopecia I felt really alone and even though my family was really there for me mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I felt like nobody could understand me and that I was alone and that I just had to trust doctors and people talking about, you know, like in six months, you're gonna have your hair back, which obviously didn't happen. And But the whole psychological part of it, and yeah, was not in the whole deal with the doctor. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of alone for that, even though I had my therapist. I was the first case of alopecia that she had so it was really hard and I refused to be alone actually I was I just thought like it's impossible that I'm the only one on earth who Mm. has lost her hair like it just is not possible so when I started to accept my condition and to live with it and not to try to fight it um I basically I I it was, yeah, it was kind of random. Um, I entered a group on Facebook, which mm-hmm. was about alopecia. And I saw so many messages of people asking for advices, mm-hmm. saying, oh my God, I'm so depressed. I cannot leave my home anymore. And I was just like, oh my God, wow. And there's nothing to help them
0: yeah,
1: or to help me. I mean, like to help us. So I decided to create uh, this organization, even though I was really young, uh, I was 17. I decided to create it I mean the first um goal was to raise awareness about alopecia because Mm -hmm. it's just I couldn't bear all the questions like do you have cancer or like when are you dying or like you know how's chemo stuff like that I mean one of my doctors actually asked me isn't it too hard to live through chemo and I was just like you're a doctor you should know Mm. that I don't have chemo I mean like people who have chemo are in such pain i mean i wouldn't be able to have the life i have if i had chemo so like, try to you know connect your brain a little bit more um but yeah i just it was really hard for me so i was just like okay i'm gonna create this and raise awareness and you know kind of teach people how it is to be bold and how it is not to have cancer but to be bold Mm. and so I did it and I was actually really surprised of uh, what happened because So I did it first to raise awareness and then also to bring support to people mm-hmm. who needed it, just like a person to talk to, you know? Even if I'm not a professional and I don't have a alopecia for that long, I mean, I can bring out some of my experience to help mm-hmm. them or just like listen to them in a yeah. more understanding way than maybe mm-hmm. their relatives.
0: And from those interactions that you had with the community what were perhaps some of the things that surprised you the most?
1: Well, first, what surprised me is that before creating my organization and just at the very beginning when I um, was just on the Facebook page, um, I was just refusing to be part of that community. At the beginning, it was really hard for me because I was just like, I don't want that to define my to mm. define me and my identity. I don't want to be a part of that. I, I, I want to be me and I don't want to, you know, like be like, oh, the group of bold people, you know, but then like reading all the testimonies and everything, I was just like, oh my God, these people are like me. And so I accepted it and it was actually really reassuring. Mm. And I really, yeah, it was really cool. And they like they brought me so much because they actually brought me support Mm. when asking for my help I was just like we're living through the same thing and I mean it was you know it's no judgment just talking about your experience and talking about you know your little struggles of every day I mean like for example during winter we're so cold Mm. we're so cold I mean a little breeze would just like ugh We'll have a goal in like three minutes. And so we just talk about that like, oh, what beanie brand are you using? Or like, what are you using when your skin is so dry that it hurts? Mm. Or like, do you use sunscreen or stuff like that? And just this and us exchanging our treatments or how our doctor talked to us or stuff like that was just so reassuring because I felt like I was not alone. And I also felt like I could be, you know, I could just, like, not be part of the community, like, you know, just one person, but, you know, have a a foot in it Mm. and another one outside of it. Like, I mean, no one would care. And it's not, you know, it's not like football fans supporting a sports team. It's more like, you know, people helping each other and, you know, bringing encouragement in it.
0: So what would be some of your suggestions for some listeners that might be listening to us and have the same condition?
1: Well, first, I would say, don't be afraid to ask for help. That would be the first thing. Because it's really hard. And even though you don't want to dramatize or like be a victim, it is really hard. It's Mm -hmm. not because you're body is not hurting you know physically that it's not difficult so don't be afraid to ask for help please go see a therapist Mm -hmm. because even though you feel like you're handling it really well and i'm sure that some of these people are you still need some psychological support Mm -hmm. and some professional help because sometimes you know you you're gonna have some you're gonna have some feelings and some thoughts that are really difficult to deal with and there's not a lot of people that are going to understand that because they're not living what yeah. you're living and I mean my mom told me that so many times she told me like I'm trying to support you the best I can but I will never be able to understand exactly yeah. how you feel and also I mean like try like if you feel like it try to talk to people who live the same thing
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um it's not a shame and if also like yeah if people try to shame you for not having hair or for losing your hair then these people just have problem with themselves they're not you so just focus on your well-being in yourself and talk to people about it because the more you talk about a trauma the less it is a trauma Mm -hmm.
0: and for the people who haven't lived through this condition what would be your recommendation
1: first don't judge a book by its cover Mm. um that would be the main one (laughs) and also i mean if you guys want to help people who have alopecia don't be afraid to ask questions of course ask first if they're comfortable with Mm -hmm. answering answering your questions but don't be afraid to ask questions because I mean I'm just talking about my personal case but when people come to me and just are just like oh can I ask you a question Mm why do you lose your hair is it you know like political or something I would just answer and I'm really happy to answer because it means that these people are curious and are not you know just following the cliches and the stereotypes so don't be afraid to ask questions and if someone who has alopecia comes to you and is like oh someone stared at me today and it was really hurtful don't be like oh it's nothing he's an asshole Mm. like we don't care about that we just want to be hugged and loved and we just want someone to tell us it's going to be okay i'm here for you and yeah Mm -hmm. just be loving and not judgmental at all because these kind of things are not easily understandable mm-hmm. but they're still hard to live with
0: mm-hmm. at the end of the day acknowledge the human being on the other side and not the cover right
1: exactly mm-hmm. exactly just yeah
0: and our last question uh, is what is your personal reset button so whenever you feel like you're going in autopilot mode or perhaps starting to be consumed by some negative emotions what is your preferred reset button
1: actually for this one it has nothing to do with alopecia
0: (laughs) yeah it's having a wig
1: no um it actually is writing i write Mm -hmm. a lot I write novels, I write poems. I'm not even saying that they're good. I mean, I don't even care. It's just, you know, taking a piece of paper or my computer whatever is the nearest and just write and write whatever comes through my mind. And I will never read that back. Mm. I will never like try to understand what I thought or what I felt. I'm just writing. So I have like multiple notes on my phone like me writing random things like in the metro stuff like that like phrases or Mm -hmm. you know full poems that I would write at 5 a.m when I can't sleep Mm -hmm. and yeah to me it's just it helps me concentrate on what's really important and yeah because we live in that world in a world that never stops
0: yeah I think I resonate with the writing one and I think it's uh, at the end of the day it's about sitting down to acknowledge how do I feel and what is real yeah and I think that's a very powerful exercise of what you're saying of not even trying to judge to understand just letting it flow letting it get out of you but it's really like getting out of autopilot mode and saying okay what do I believe in how am I feeling
1: and also like there's this thing like I mean, from my personal case, I'm a weirdo. Like, you know, (laughs) when you first meet me, you just, what is wrong with that person? Mm -hmm. Like, she is bold, which is weird for a woman. What the hell is going on here? And, you know, like, you don't have to be, you know, in a box. You Mm -hmm. can just be in multiple boxes. And, like, I feel like writing is a great way to express the fact that you're not only one type person you're like multiple types because we're all really complex and we all have multitude layers mm-hmm. like onions um to our personality and our traits. and I think that this is the most important part just like focus on the fact that you can do multiple things mm-hmm. and be happy like you don't have to be defined and to be in a box and to be you know like only one person Mm -hmm. you can have nine lives i mean cats do it why Mm -hmm. not
0: us yeah absolutely now you're making me think about this concept of identity and how it shifts and how it is a constant self-construction and iteration process
1: yeah absolutely it's not something that's fixed Mm
0: -hmm. well thank you maggie Uh, It was an absolute pleasure to have you here. Uh, Thank you for sharing your story. And I hope that we touched some hearts today and opened some eyes. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Marguerite Jolie is an I-University exchange student who opened an organization called Without Hair, 100 Smiles, when she was only 17 years old to support fellow Homo sapiens suffering from the condition called alopecia areata. Resetting Homo sapiens is Dokzhan Kapianova. Mafalla Curtis de and Carlotta Gitsch. Our lovely theme music is composed and produced by Nachi, an awesome member of the University Music Club. Support for the Resetting Homo sapiens podcast comes from the University Center for Health, Wellbeing and Happiness. You can find more about them on Instagram at iwellbeing underscore center. And you can find more about us on Instagram at Resetting Homo sapiens. Thank you for listening. Bye!